0: Listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. Today on the Jets Nation Podcast, we're going to talk obviously about the Finland series. We're going to talk about the impact of the long break and layoff, and of course, Brendan Lemieux and his recent play. So I think today, obviously, we should start with the Finland Series. It feels like it's been so long. It's been a week, basically, since we saw Winnipeg Jets hockey. Feels like the offseason. Well, Not a lot of fun.
1: It's been longer for me because uh, when games are on at 1 in the afternoon, it's a little bit tough to watch. So I know a lot of fans weren't even able to catch that action in Finland, uh, you maybe being the exception rather than the I got rural. to see
0: the entire game on Thursday. I was off work in time to see the whole thing.
1: Yeah, but the rest of us has been... Uh, so not, even, not only did we not see those two games, but they had a, a lengthy um, break before those games as well to get to Finland, uh, do all the media, the interviews. Uh, Acclimatize. Yeah, I- exactly. And they talked to Andrew Kopp on the radio. I was listening to that the other day on TSN 1290. Uh, they were talking about Andrew Kopp said the biggest part was just adjusting to the time zones. He said a lot of guys were up in the middle of the night because uh, that was time back home. And he said it, it just messes with your mind, especially when you're only going for such a short period to try to get yourself acclimatized that quickly. He said that was one of the toughest parts. So there's all these sorts of things, but it's been a long time since you've seen some real hockey for the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Yeah, and so now we'll go back to those two games in Finland, and that's going to be kind of the segment number one uh, to kick off the podcast for this week. And we pushed it back even one more day just because really nothing's been happening for the Winnipeg Jets over the last few. But we go back to those games, and I think the big story uh, going into Finland uh, was the lack of production from Patrick Laine and just the way that he'd been playing. Well, he really stepped it up, getting that hat trick, getting another goal in that second game. I really liked what I saw from Patrick Line on those two games last week.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there, there are moments in sports that just you, you can't script it any better. And this is one of those moments. Everybody said before those games happened, everybody said, Patrick Laine, he's in for a big weekend or a couple days. He's going to score plenty of goals. He's going to wow the crowd. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's possible. But what are the chances he just doesn't score because he only had three goals in the year? What are the chances that he, he rings a couple off the post, he can't score? Uh, that's a probably better possibility than him lighting the lamp and being Finland's hero. I don't know, but funny story actually with
0: that, I, was, I just had an offhand uh, comment to my buddy uh, Joel, uh, you know Joel Dirksen, and I just said to him uh, before the event, and I was just like, you know, watch this, Patrick Line, he's going to get a hat-trick or something in Finland. Sure enough, game one, and Joel's texting me during the game, and he's just like, oh my goodness, he's one goal away, and then he got the empty netter. I was uh, a little bit excited. I kind of forgot that I even said that in passing. I was like, watch, Lonnie's going to get a hat trick, and then he goes and does it.
1: Well, it was just everybody was expecting it for whatever reason. And, and yes, it's great that he did it, but I mean, once again, like, could you expect that? Like, could you script that any better no, you for couldn't. a guy going to his to his home country? Uh, where he is the national hero, essentially, uh, the biggest icon since Team Mussolini, and he scores a hat-trick in his his first game there. Uh, It's one of those moments where...
0: It's kind of like the Sidney Crosby
1: golden goal. Yeah. In
0: my opinion, it couldn't have gotten any better than that. Overtime, home soil, the Olympics, kind of like the poster child for hockey in Canada, Sidney Crosby scoring the game-winner in overtime to finish off the Olympics, to cap it off. Like, that is the pinnacle of script writing. If you were to write a movie that's how you would write it.
1: Yeah, And that's kind of the same thing for this weekend series in Finland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Thinking of some other sports moments like that, I love reliving these iconic moments. Uh, Derek Jeter's last ever uh, at-bat walk-off hit to win the game. Such a decorated career. Uh, Kobe Bryant's final game ever goes off for I think it was 60 some points uh I think he scored over 20 points in the fourth quarter alone willed the Lakers back to winning his final game ever in a Lakers uniform just these moments of of incredible performances that couldn't be scripted better just unreal by Patrick Laine kudos to him great job um definitely maybe some help by Paul Maurice putting him out there with that empty net in the last minute but uh line a shot is not broken like some people maybe thought it was
0: and so now he scores a game again in the next game but again these goals are all on the power play so five on five scoring still hasn't come uh obviously like you said you didn't get a chance to see a lot but your thoughts on him playing with 10 and Lowry because it looks like it's staying together back in North America
1: yeah, exactly. And that's the line rushes that we have this week as well. Uh, like you said, his three goals being on the power play, one being an empty net. Uh, I believe that empty net goal was not even with Laura Lowry and Tanev. No, it was I don't with think uh, Shifley and Wheeler, I yeah. believe, as well. Uh, so he didn't actually score a goal with Lowry and or Tanev on the ice with him. So just a little quirk in that schedule as well. I was pulling kind of some of those numbers. Liney only had... Uh, He had under 16 minutes of ice time in both of those games, and that even is with plenty of power play time. I think one of the games he had over four minutes, I think it was that first game where he scored the hat-trick, had almost five minutes of power play time, but he had under 16 minutes overall in the entire game. So that means you're only looking at 10 or 11 minutes of five-on-five for Patrick Laine. Uh, Maybe a little bit tough to get it going in that sense when you're only playing 10 or 11 minutes.
0: Absolutely, and I think you do need to get him on the ice more, but we kind of got into that breakdown before of how much ice time do you really have for those players. And if he is an elite scorer, I think you do need to give him more five-on-five five t- time, give him a little bit of bigger piece of the pie. Then does that mean you get more time for Tanev and Lowry? Right now, I guess so. They looked not bad together. They were getting some chances. I'd like to see this line together a little bit longer before I make my final decision on whether the Line, lowry tanev line is going to stay together in the future.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'd like to see that a little bit more. Uh, last thing to kind of mention about uh, Patrick a unless you got anything else. Nope. Um, even with these four goals, his shooting percentage is still well below his historical low uh, or his historical average based on his first two seasons in the league, uh, generally about a 17% shooter. He's uh, rocking a 12.3% shooting percentage right now. So that's still near the the probably higher end um, being at t- over 12%, but he has that much more room if he's going to reach a 17% of the last two seasons. It, don't be surprised if Laine keeps us up and knocks in another two or three in the next couple games. Uh, and the last thing is just the way he can score goals, He can shoot up the goal total so fast. Everybody says, oh, Lainey only has three goals. He's not even in the running for the Rocket Richard. Well, two games later, he's still not in the running right now, but in two more games, maybe he is. He's just that sort of streaky type player, and we've seen that in the last couple of seasons. And so now when you
0: talk about a streaky type player, the next question that I want to ask here in segment number two is, how does a layoff like this affect a streaky type player like Patrick Laine. Like you said before, uh, he had a break going into the Finland games, played two back-to-back, four goals. Now he's got a long break before playing some games this next weekend. Does that layoff help him again? Is that what Patrick Laine needs? He needs some rest? He needs to then be able to get back in the lineup, and then he can pop it in when, he, when he's fresh like that? He scored in the first game of the season, so maybe it's, he just needs a break. Maybe he's tired. Uh, maybe that's just a bad assessment, and maybe that's just surface numbers.
1: Well, well, I would say Patrick uh, Laine, it's seemingly random. and Like we said before, he is just a streaky player in general. You see that last year he goes periods of games where he doesn't score any, and then he rattles off 13 goals in nine games in in February. So there are those moments where he doesn't score, and then he all of a sudden does for no apparent reason. but I think getting that break, going into Finland, having two great games, I think you want to keep that rolling as soon as possible, especially with after a hat-trick. You want to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. While you're feeling good. Yeah, exactly. For the rest of the team, I think it helps. Uh, specifically Blake Wheeler. He, there's been a lot of talk that Blake Wheeler is potentially battling something. Maybe we want to get into this a little bit in our second segment here. Um, is the time off maybe the best for the captain who who is visibly different than last season when he was hard on the puck. he He's destroying everybody along the boards. He just doesn't look the same this year. And I think this rest might benefit him the most.
0: Yeah. And that's again, right now, speculation, because I don't think there's really been tons of official talk of him battling anything or talking about that. And I know there's always a lot of stuff that doesn't get mentioned to the media and doesn't really ever come out officially. And so again, right now, I think the, all we can really do is speculate, but again, it's the streaky players, rest isn't good for them, but for players who are maybe in a bit of a slump, the rest can help. I look at the Bombers, uh, when they were on that four-game losing skid, they go into a bye week, then they came out a completely different team, and I don't think they've lost since. Or no, they did lose against to Edmonton, but in a game where they were starting their backups. So again, there's an example of a bye week really helping out a team, but we've seen it the other way, where you're going into a game, uh, bye week with a with a win streak, and then you come out the other side, you just don't have quite that same intensity, or it's just not quite, it's not feeling, because there is definitely an element of feeling good in a rhythm and playing well, and things are going right for you. But, again, well, I don't know how this break is going to affect the Jets,
1: because they still get another bye week later on, right? Yeah, so the Jets are going to have, uh, you could almost say this was two bye weeks in, in one, essentially, uh, being the break before the game in Finland, being the break after the games in Finland, it, it equals just a lot of time off for Winnipeg, um, now everybody else is kind of caught in the number of games being played Everybody around that 14-15 game mark. Uh, so it's always interesting Those early on um, looking at the standings. The games played is a huge indicator of where you are in the standings, uh, but things kind of evening out now finally after kind of the first month of the season.
0: And the tough part for the Winnipeg Jets is that they've had games pushed closer together. So when you have breaks like this, That means you still need to fit in 82. That just means in other parts of the season, it's going to be a little bit tighter where you're playing back to backs. And a good example of that is before they went to Finland, where they played Toronto, then they played Detroit and Toronto, and then they went to Finland, where the Maple Leafs played the Jets, just had a break, and then played the Jets again. So they had an extra game squeezed in where the Maple Leafs didn't, and their schedule was a little bit more spread
1: out. Yeah, exactly, and we saw this uh, last year as well with the um, the whole Heritage Classic and everything. Um, being there's so much time and events that you're not playing for over a week. You you play your game and that's it. But then you have to compact everything else. And the Winnipeg Jets were, I think they were top of the leagues that year in in back-to-backs and number of uh, games in certain amount of days and all that sort of things. It just has to be condensed even further um, in that regard. And and I mean, it is what it is, right? You can't complain about the schedule. You have no choice over it. Um, A lot of people not liking, a lot of people liking the idea of going overseas. Uh, I love the idea of growing the hockey market, but not liking the putting it seemingly in the first, like, in the second month of the season. If you're going to do it, maybe do it, like, the first game of the season or or something like that. Well, that's
0: what Edmonton did, and Edmonton played their first games. And you can't... You don't necessarily want all the games on the first opening weekend to be overseas. No,
1: but even with Edmonton, they were so far behind in the standings. They played three games, everybody else was at seven or eight or more. But the standings games at that don't point. really mean anything at the beginning of the season. No, but but their schedule is going to be just as condensed for Winnipeg if they're trying right. to catch up to those right. other teams. So I don't know if there is a good way to do it. I like the, the initiative of trying to play overseas, but it is just makes it a little bit more hectic for those teams that are participating.
0: And it's different for the NFL because they do this as well where they play uh, games overseas in Europe. But for them, because they only play once a week... It's a lot easier. You can fly out early in the week. You play your game. You fly back, and you're only playing one game a week. The schedule doesn't really change much for them. It changes a lot for hockey, who are playing multiple games a week. Yet then you're trying to play games overseas. And so again, pros and cons. Taking a look at the break right now here in uh, section number two. We've got one more section we want to look at, and I think that's the one a lot of people are uh, wanting, waiting for. That is Brendan Lemieux and his hit uh, in this series in Finland against Vincent Trocheck. All right. so the last segment, or I guess the second last segment, because we want to talk quickly about the Ottawa Senators at the end of the show today. But for the second last segment, wanting to talk about Brendan Lemieux and his antics uh, in Finland. uh, The hit to the head on Vincent Trocek getting suspended two games. Uh, That was in the second game. He was assessed a match penalty immediately, which means that you're automatically given a one-game suspension, then obviously with the hearings and all the decisions and everything being handed down. His first NHL suspension, as far as... I can see Uh, your thoughts on the hit, the play, everything. Just take it away.
1: Uh, So the first thing I want to mention is that he pretty much single-handedly lost the game for the Winnipeg Jets. Basically. Um, Obviously had the Winnipeg Jets killed off these penalties, whatever, no big deal. We wouldn't be talking about it as much, but when you get scored on, on those ensuing power plays, those are absolutely killer to your team. You, You can't take those types of penalties. Five minute majors, just horrendous. As Jay um, and Dan would say, you blew it. Exactly. I- I'd love to see the stat of teams taking five-minute mangers and their win-and-loss records. Uh, I'd love to see if that's possible. Not something I've dug into in the past, but it would just be curious to see how many teams actually win a game if they're killing a five-minute man advantage. Um, so this hit obviously... Terrible hit by Lemieux. Gets suspended for a couple games. I think the only reason why it's only two games is because he's technically a first-time offender. Um, Given his history, given his lineage, he's probably going to be more than a first-time offender. Uh, But for now, it's a a two-game suspension, which I think is fair, just given his history um, and everything. You don't want to suspend a guy for more than that when it is his first time.
0: Yeah, and because he hasn't played that many games even in the NHL in total. But you look at it, and that's exactly what the NHL is trying to get rid of. Like, it is the most e- egregious... Not. It's really hard to describe because it is the exact thing they're trying to get rid of. I, it's one thing when a guy comes in for a hit and they connect mainly with the body and maybe the shoulder kind of rides up through. Or it's one thing where he's trying to land a clean hit and it looks like it just turns at the last second. This is Vincent Trocek's head getting picked off By Brendan Lemieux, he didn't connect with the rest of them. It didn't even really look like he tried, for the most part. It looks like he kind of just, like, last second, threw up a shoulder, smoked him in the chin. And I agree. Suspend him. I think that was pretty much automatic. I kind of feel bad for, who is it, Wagner, or the guy who stood up for Yeah, he got destroyed. Yeah, he got destroyed. Brendan Lemieux obviously can hold himself, hold his own into a fight. And he... And so it's tough. <laughs> I always hate that because when you go to stick up for your teammate, you want to do the damage to the guy who did the offense, but usually it's the guy who did the offense is a pretty good fighter and knows how to stick up for himself. And so uh, basically Lemieux getting the better of two Florida Panther Yeah, uh,
1: so a couple things uh, about the hit itself. Um, obviously, hits in open ice are extremely hard to time. I-, I wrote a little piece for Jets Nation. Go check it out. Uh, this is before the suspension, just talking about how he probably would get suspended. Um, I likened it to a little bit of uh, Mark Borowiecki or Borowetski, or however you want to say it, in Ottawa, he got suspended twice in a week. His second suspension pretty much only got suspended because he had a little bit of head contact because it was an open ice collision uh, on Cody Eakin. It was a kind of an awkward-looking hit, and he got him a little bit high because those open ice hits are so hard to time. They're so hard to get right because the the offensive player, or the guy, the hit e, if you will... Um, <laughs> He can move in any direction. And he's going to try to avoid a hit. He's not going to take something square in his chest, right? He's going to move one way, the other, whatever the case is, to get out of the way. And that's why the timing of the hits are so hard in open ice, because they can move in any direction. And that's why we've seen so
0: we've seen open ice hits drop. And when I watch, I was watching some Rock'em Sock'em, one of those kind of like replay videos, and kind of from back in the day, and you'd see some of the hits. Guys just getting destroyed. Guys' heads getting knocked around, and I like you see that, and you almost feel bad. I don't feel as excited watching it as I used to. Just kind of like, oh, that guy got lit up. Now it's just like, oh man, that guy's going to have brain damage.
1: Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's a very real thing, especially uh, now that we players. know
0: so much more about this.
1: Yeah, and those guys in the from the '70s and '80s are, are growing up. They're they're old men now who can't remember a thing, and you could argue. The whole CTE debate in the NFL and the NHL, it's going on all around us. Um, but the fact of the matter is, they're trying to get headshots out of the game for a reason. Uh, specifically, here, an open ice hit, it's harder to time. check along the boards, you can hit him like normal. Trochek and open ice, a little bit different story. Uh, the last thing, the only thing I can kind of come up with in Lemieux's defense here... Uh, Trocek, if you watch the video appears to stop skating right after he passes the puck. Uh, so had he been carrying the puck, he would have kept in stride. Lemieux would have hit him more in in the shoulder chest area. Instead, Trocek passes, completely stops, or at least slows down pretty quickly. uh, and that causes Lemieux at his angle to only pick the head. So if Lemieux has already decided he's going to hit this guy, if this guy keeps going straight at his pace that he's going, it is probably a clean hit, just a hard hit. Uh, But as soon as Trotec stops, and this is 100% on Lemieux, then you have to let up. You have to stop. You have to realize what's going on before the hit comes. That's the only thing in Lemieux's defense that I can see. Yeah,
0: and I can kind of get that. But again, again, you can't do it. Whether you, whether the guys slow down or not, you still can't pick the head. And there's all sorts of different hits. We haven't had too many over the years uh, to debate in this way. The Jets haven't seen a ton of suspensions when it comes to hits and uh, hits to the head. It'd be interesting to go back and look at some of the numbers, but I can't think of too many just off the top of my head of suspensions from the Winnipeg Jets and dirty hits.
1: No, and there's been a lot of big hits, uh, specifically thinking of Mark Stone getting absolutely rocked by Dustin Bufflin, uh, kind of an open ice um, as he's trying to head into the blue line a couple of years ago, a lot of people didn't like that one, but that was just a clean, hard check. Usually with Dustin Bufflin, he's just so big. He gets those hard checks and they look worse than they are because of, because of his strength. Um, uh, but you're right. There hasn't been a ton of suspensions going on for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, generally, they're not a clean team as in they take a lot of penalties, but they're clean as in there's not a lot of dirty hits, not a or lot of questionable
0: plays from them. Here's an interesting play. Remember that one where Elias Pettersson was hit and then thrown to the ice and the guy got a suspension from that?
1: That was a good one. Good, uh, good old suplex.
0: Yeah, I saw a play very similar a couple games later where a guy got rubbed out along the boards. The guy kind of gave him a shot. He fell down. There was no penalty on the play and there was no suspension. It was the exact same play as the one on Matheson and Pedersen. And I like Pedersen. And I don't want to see him hurt either. But again, that was kind of the case of the guy getting knocked down. And to me, yes, the puck had gone... Like, the puck was right there. The play was going
1: on. And again,
0: whatever. We don't really want to get into all of this. And there's so many
1: different well, hits we to well, debate. Well, two things. In my thought, in general, there's two things. So there's the 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 Pedersen one specifically. That was a retaliation. If you watch a play before, Pedersen thoroughly beats his man... Makes them look silly. They go to the boards within ten seconds, and then he destroys them. So th- there's a clear retaliation there. I just got beat. I'm gonna hit this guy harder than I would normally. Yeah, so that's but it's still thing.
0: a clean hit because the guy had the puck and a good clean body check. Whether you just got beat or not is not illegal because the hit
1: against the well, boards but, isn't but, illegal. But is any sort of retaliatory anything ever illegal?
0: You can't say it's retaliation because it's a part of the, it's a part of the play. He didn't slash him, he didn't punch him, he did a clean legal body check after he just got beat. That is legal. No,
1: yes, you can hit the and guy. And so it's the push but, down but that's the problem. That instantly becomes, in my mind and in sportsmanlike, it has to be. Because if you, you threw a hit beat. after you got beat? Yes, guaranteed. No, But a, you're going to you're gonna have to throw a body check after you get deked. If you're in the NBA, a guy fouls you, whatever, does something against you. If you go up and just push him, it's not just a normal foul like it would be, but because of the circumstances in the game, it's a technical. Why is that? It's unsportsmanlike. Why? Because you're doing something specifically in retaliation. Yeah, but that's because the foul is illegal to begin with. A body check is not illegal. It, it that's doesn't like going matter. Up. No,
0: and that's just like if somebody's going up for a shot and you block it extra hard and it goes back into their face. It's a clean block, it just happened to smoke them in the face and you are extra mad. That's not
1: illegal. No, that's that, fine. And so that's the exact same situation here. But, but a hit... Like, a hit is fine, right? Exactly. And so then that's exactly what happened. But he but just, if you're adding extra, you have to look at the circumstances. I you, guess. You just have to. But like, If you're running a guy's head in the ice and give him didn't a concussion. He head into the ice. He pushed him down arm's he, length. How does he get a concussion? Because he fell. He just falls. Yeah, he so got hit down and knocked
0: and pushed down. If a guy gets hit up into the boards, and we've seen this lots, where a guy gets, when a certain type of hit, when you get hit up into the boards, and you kind of get pushed down because you fall down. Right, We've seen that happen lots, and I just saw the play a couple weeks ago where the guy gets hit up against the boards, his feet kind of come out, and then the defenseman kind of just pushes him down, he falls down on the ice, he lands on his butt, he gets up, he's fine. And how many concussions are there? Not as a
1: result of those plays very often. Exactly. So why was it on this one?
0: Because Pedersen took the hit poorly. And Pedersen landed funny on the ground.
1: Like right. there was really... And then he gets driven into the ice. I didn't. Which see- is where the head comes in. That's where the contact comes in. In my mind, there has to be some sort of retaliation. I think there is some wording about that. Like he
0: didn't take him to the ground. He just if hit him and then he pushed about, him. If
1: you're talking about Milan Lucic, uh, we were just watching this hit before in the studio here as well. Milan Lucic uh, getting a, a fine of $10,000. Why was it a fine?
0: Because it wasn't, I guess they decided it wasn't enough to be a suspension.
1: Right, but why is it a, like, should it... According to you, it should just be a penalty on the ice, an interference penalty because he hit the guy, right? The yeah. only reason why he's getting a suspension is because, well, yeah, he did kind of punch him as he's down and then he sits on him. Uh, but it's a specific, <laughs> when you say it like
0: that, it's actually kind of funny. But it's
1: a retaliatory yeah. play from a hit that happened a couple of plays ago. He's specifically getting back at that guy with the puck nowhere near. So in my mind, if there was no previous hit by Joseph on Russell and you do that play, you get a two minute interference penalty, whatever. Yeah. Hit the guy. It is what it is. But because it's such a retaliatory thing for a specific offense, Now that brings into the unsportsmanlike, the potential suspensions. I think you have to get into the intent of the players when you're looking at these types of deals.
0: Yeah, and I get that to a degree. I just think the Matheson hit, again, this is kind of getting off topic, and I hope our fans appreciate uh, this kind of discussion. I just think the Matheson hit was more of a hockey play, finishing your check hard, because there's a lot of guys who finish their check and will finish the guy off on the ice. Because when you hit him like that, you kind of want him to fall. It looks a lot better. Like, it gets the crowd a lot more excited. When you just hit up a guy on the boards and he stays standing, it's kind of like, oh, whatever. But if you hit him up into the boards and then, like, I didn't see him take him all the way down to the ice. I just saw a push off so that he falls down. And then he happens to fall and hit his head on the ice. And unfortunate, maybe there's going to be a lot of people listening. They're going to be completely disagree with me. I think a lot of Canucks. I am ai was always a Canucks fan. And so I don't want to see getting guys hurt, but to me, it didn't seem that dirty compared to some of the other hits that we've seen.
1: I think the last thing you have to look at is injuries and whether you like it or not, injuries play a factor in the suspension. That's the part that's always bothered me. If Pedersen gets up and does not have a concussion, because there are plays where maybe his head does get driven in the ice, but for whatever reason, he's fine. Does, is there a suspension for that play? That's happened
0: all the time, and we've seen that against the Winnipeg Jets. Remember that cross-check that hurt Peros' arm? Or was it Pro giving it? No, he was receiving. He was on the receiving end.
1: Pro's pretty much always on the receiving end.
0: Yeah, and so we've seen these plays, and where a guy doesn't get hurt, there's no suspension. It's the same play, and the guy does get hurt, and then there's this massive suspension. I am of the opinion that it's about the play that you determine whether or not there's a suspension. So I saw the exact same play that Matheson hit on Patterson. I saw it again two days later. It looked the identical hit. Yet there was no suspension because the guy just bounced right back to his feet. Play continued. So why is? I don't know. The I, I exact totally same agree. action. So if I punch you in the face and you get a nosebleed and everything's a big fuss, I get suspended. I punch you in the face. It's no big deal. No suspension if everything's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just and, the part that's I, always bothered me with suspensions and, I totally and agree. injuries. It should
1: be in regards to the action and not just whether the guy happens to get hurt because some guys are more injury prone than others. Uh, they exactly. just are. If you look at guys' histories in the league, some guys have a, a bad shoulder, a bad knee concussion history. That guy's likely going to get a concussion again compared to a guy who's never had one before. There are there are these things. So now all of a sudden you hit one guy, he gets hurt. Now you're suspended. And I think for in the Jets case, Brendan Lemieux, if Trocek is down does not get up, is out with a concussion. He's sidelined for a month or more. I think Lemieux gets more than two games.
0: Yeah, I just always have a hard time, yeah, for that exact reason, taking injury into account. And again, we've gotten way off topic here today. Uh, Last thing we do kind of want to look at is the Ottawa Senators and the tire fire of what's going on there. Oh, the one thing I do want to mention with back to Brendan Lemieux, uh, it's kind of interesting because the Jets don't really miss him. Two games without Brendan Lemieux, no big deal. He was probably going to have to sit two games anyway, just with Rozovic and Patan playing on that fourth line. Not sure if I really like them with Cop. I think they need to get a little bit more ice time, but he's not going to be missed these next two games. Do they send him back to the Moose because of this?
1: Well, I think it, you got to look at that. Y- you definitely you have do. To, because Veselainen had a shot, didn't really produce. He got sent down. Lemieux had the shot doesn't really produce. You could argue he's hurt the Jets more than he's helped given these now a suspension and the, and these penalties. So now does he deserve to get sent down? I would rather have Veselainen in there not taking penalties than Lemieux in there taking penalties. And now does this maybe give Patan a fast-track role to a, a spot on the roster for the rest of the year? If Patan really shines in these next two games, does he just take it and run with it for the rest of the year? There's all these things going on that this suspension could carry way more weight than we realize right now.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Patan can do, uh, given some opportunity in the lineup. I really hope that he can uh, take that spot and run with it. But again, the last thing we want to take a look at is the Ottawa Senators and what they've been doing lately. All right, so last topic, again, kind of straying away from the Winnipeg Jets because there have been so few games, not a lot to talk about. But the Ottawa Senators, what a disaster from a PR perspective. Uh, You saw the video, I assume you watched it, where they're in the Uber. Yep. I've never taken an Uber. No, me neither. Well, you can't in Winnipeg, so. Right. And so uh, we don't really have that available to us. Uh, there's different, I think, ride-sharing services and things. And so I've never really done that yet, uh, mainly because I don't live in Winnipeg. And so there's not a lot of ride-sharing out where we are. But anyways, uh, it's kind of interesting. These Ottawa Senators players, if you haven't watched the clip, go online and check it out. Basically, they're just in a vehicle kind of bashing the their own team basically saying, oh man, our penalty kill is terrible. What is it? And then the guy goes and looks it up, and then they're saying, oh man, when I'm in the penalty kill and we're watching the video on it, I'm not paying attention to what the coach is saying. He doesn't tell us anything.
1: And it's, I don't know.
0: I think it's kind of funny. I think it's getting a little bit blown out of proportion. But again, there's always, people are always looking for something to talk about. Your
1: thoughts? I think it's hilarious, to be honest. Uh, Looking as a an impartial fan watching it. I think it's funny. Obviously if you're a Senators fan, uh, I mean, it can't get much worse for you. So you probably don't care. Um, (laughs) but but the whole situation, uh, I think it was Matt Duchesne who said, "I, I haven't paid attention in three weeks, uh, because they just go over the same things on video. Uh, so I find it really interesting because they're obviously the players aren't happy. Uh, the fan base isn't happy. Pretty much everybody is unhappy with how things are going on. Uh, it kind of sucks. That it was Matt Duchesne. I'm a huge Matt Duchesne fan. He's always been one of my favorite hockey players uh, growing up. One of my favorite hockey players um, to, for him to kind of be like being in the vehicle um, as a one of the vocal participants. Yeah, but he's supposed to be a leader on the team. He's supposed to be committed to the organization. It was a big deal when they brought them in, and to now have them badmouthing badmouthing the coaches and and whatnot. Uh, it, it is what it is. I just think it's so unique um, being in 2018 where these things these sorts of things happen. Uh, thinking back to 30, 40 years ago, we were talking about the Rock'em Sockham videos. Um, people, Uber wasn't even a word and neither was ride sharing uh, and all these sorts of things. There was even no video cameras to leak things. There was no online. It's just a unique instance that you can only get now that you wouldn't have had 30, 40 years ago. And I can bet you... Even 20 years ago. That any team 30, 40, 20 years ago would have had these these types of situations where players are bad-mouthing coaches. They just don't come to light. I think, like in any workplace... Like in any team,
0: it's just going to happen. You've got a bunch of guys together. They're having some fun. They're out on the town. You're talking about the team. And like, let's be honest here. When your team is doing poor, the players on the team know it. And sometimes we forget that. We try and think of them in a bubble. We only see them on the ice surface. So that's just what they are. They are hockey players on the ice. When they're not there, they are working. They are trying really hard to get better. And I think it's like, you take some of these uh, comments out of context in a sense that it's just like, oh, man, Matt Duchesne never pays any attention. He's not trying to get better. He's a terrible person. When you look at it, like, how often have you said something like, oh, man, I never pay attention in that class or I've never done whatever.
1: Right. Well, it's just every college student ever, ever.
0: Right. You're, you're joking about not paying attention when really deep down you are because it's cool not to pay attention. Right. It's like, oh, man, he's so bad. That coach doesn't do- show us anything. And you rag on your boss at work and you talk about it in the room and you you talk about it when you think your boss isn't listening in and you're you're just kind of – and whether you agree with everything you always say, but sometimes you just kind of – you get in one of those moods, and you go on a little bit of a rant. And to me, honestly, the stuff they said wasn't even that bad. No, not at I think at it could have been a way a, been lot a lot worse.
1: Especially given Ottawa's history in the last year. They uh, could have gone way off yeah, the definitely. rails.
0: And to just say, yeah, our penalty to kill has struggled. I'm not really learning anything from the coach. I don't know. Yeah, that's like, pretty
1: mild for what you could have had. Yeah, I- the thing that strikes know. me, I like how you mentioned it before, is they're not just hockey players; they're actually people. And, and a lot of times, like you said, people forget that as fans, you just put them up on this pedestal that they're they're so good at hockey. They have to be such good people, and they never do anything wrong, and, and everything they say is is correct. And and everybody on the team, they're all on the same team. They must get along. There's no way they can be have
0: riffs and be friends and not friends with each other. Yeah,
1: but there's so much dysfunction. Uh, among the teams, um, each individual player, they are, they're are—they're human, right? They're going to say things that they regret. They're going to make mistakes um, when they're not wearing their gear. There's all these sorts of things. They're just an average person.
0: They're going to come to the rink frustrated with their kids. They're going to come to the rink frustrated with their spouse. They're going to be frustrated with a teammate who was a jerk the last time they went out on the road trip. And so like, there are a lot of things that come into play and are factors that we just don't think about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing, being a Winnipeg Jets fan, uh, being grateful for the leadership they have in their organization. Uh, starting at the top, seems like a well-run organization. Everybody praises uh, True North for for their leadership. And, and even within the room, uh, you don't see a guy like Blake Wheeler doing that um, or a guy like Dustin Bufflin or Mark Shifley. Uh, those guys, y- you wouldn't expect it from guys like that. And I just think it's kind of the state of two franchises um, where Ottawa's come from in the last couple of years, and and where the Jets have kind of built themselves off of. Um, but the thing that strikes me, like I said, is just the, the human factor in all of this.
0: Well, I think the big thing, though, too, is that we can't be so naive to think that it doesn't happen with the Winnipeg Jets, to think that when Mark Scheifele is out with Andrew Copp and Josh Morrissey, and they go play some catch at Investors Group Field, and I saw those pictures, it looked like they had a lot of fun, but then when they're on the way back to the rink, and they're not talking, man, Liney hasn't gotten anything going five on five, like, come on, man, like, why isn't he getting it going? Like, he's not paying attention, yada, 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 like... It's got to happen.
1: Or you got to think a guy like Matthew Perreault, who is getting seven or eight minutes of ice time there for a while. You think he's not bad mouthing Paul Maurice when he goes home to his family saying, I only got seven minutes tonight. What's going on? Right? There's all these sorts of things that you're right. It's got to happen in Winnipeg as well it's just not caught on camera and it's not broadcast to the general public.
0: Exactly. And so uh, that does it for the Jets Nation podcast today. Getting off topic, talking about the senators, talking about some dirty hits, suspensions, all sorts of different topics. If you want us to talk about something, hit us up on Twitter at Podcast. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at jetsnation.ca.